Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast is a Christ-centered podcast established in 2019 and hosted weekly by Pastor Chris Busher. Addressing a host of topics such as the Great Commission, Christian discipleship, and often featuring interviews with special guests who are experts in their field. The views and events expressed on this podcast and all related materials belong solely to their author and not necessarily to the author's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. While all attempts are made to present accurate information, some information may become outdated over time. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast makes every attempt to timely update any and all such information. Without further delay, here's another powerful episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. It's such a pleasure to host you here today. My name is Dallas, and I'm recording here in Sao Paulo, Brazil. If you did not know about our ministry, about Lay Me Down Ministries, about Faith and Family Fellowship, This is such an awesome ministry I've been able to be a part of for the last several years. And I just wanted to let you guys know of an opportunity. Every single guest that we have on our show for the last two years that we've been hosting people on Faith and Family, every single cent, every single dollar goes toward our ministry services, our ministry projects here on the ground in Brazil. And it's such a blessing. Thank you guys so much for helping us, promoting your products, promoting your books and your ministries, and also helping us physically here in Brazil. If you guys aren't familiar with some of the things that we do, you can check out my personal stuff, Dallas Montague, on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube. I have many YouTube videos that I post as well. And you can also check out our Lay Me Down Ministries page, which is also on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and all of that. And so Pastor Chris Busher, who started this podcast about two and a half years ago, or two years ago, um, he started Lay Me Down Ministries in 2011, and it's it's taken him all over the world. It's taken him to Kenya, it's taken him to Brazil, it's taken him to some other countries I can't remember right now, but he'll tell you a little bit about it today. So today we have another special podcast. We don't have a guest with us, but we're going to go all the way back to Iowa to the U.S. and listen to a, a message that Pastor Chris Busher preached on last Sunday. So Pastor Chris Busher, he's not on the show as much as we'd like him to be. He's so busy. He's working in a ministry called Adult and Teen Challenge of the Midlands in Colfax, Iowa, a program that him and I both have graduated from. And our next episode after this, I actually got to share a message there this weekend as well. And so I'm going to let you guys listen to that on our next episode. And so we have two exciting episodes coming up. And so we're really excited to share these things with you. Actually, one more exciting announcement. Pastor Chris Busher just had his third son this morning. At 5 a.m., his wife gave birth to their son, Judah. And it's Judah Louise Busher. It's very exciting for them. And so that's a cool thing. So I'm not going to take any more of your time this morning. I'm going to let Chris preach this message today. But before we do, I'm going to pray us in, okay? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this opportunity today for every single listener that we have on today, whether they're listening today, whether they're listening in a month, in a year. God, I pray that you go before them, God, speak to their hearts today through Chris's message about increasing our faith. Lord, I pray that Chris will speak things to us that will remind us, things that will convict us, and things that the Holy Spirit will do to move in us to have more faith, to increase our faith, to be closer to you, Father. We love you so much. We give you all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You're listening to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. 
We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors. Are you tired of wishing and hoping for the miracles that the Bible promises you? Are you looking for answers that will help you discover and unlock the power of God in your life? Miracles Now is a powerful and practical guide to help us walk the path of the normal Christian life in light of the Holy Scriptures. Find your copy of Miracles Now on Barnes & Noble today. The publication, God's Letters, is about a man who in 2001 recorded a vision which contained 132 capital letters of Greek alphabet that created a quadrangular shape 11 to 12. A study revealed that the text is readable in 115 different ways in the ancient Greek language. In parallel, it encloses depictions and symbols. Besides, it can be simultaneously deciphered mathematically. Find out more information by visiting payhip.com forward slash b forward slash lip6 or by searching godsletters.com. Good morning, Christian life. Amen. It is so good uh, to be able to see this house full here on a holiday. Um, I know that a lot of you are excited about barbecuing something or uh, getting something on the grill. So this morning, I'm going to keep my message uh, fairly short and right to the point. Um, But while we're doing that, um, we're going to be watching a very quick video clip that kind of really, it summarizes everything that I'm trying to talk about this morning. Oh, heck, let's be honest, since I'm behind the pulpit today, I just really wanted an opportunity to show this video clip. So let's go ahead and let's watch this. Last week, I gave a fire safety talk, and nobody paid any attention. It's my own fault for using PowerPoint. PowerPoint is boring. People learn in lots of different ways, but experience is the best teacher. Today, smoking is going to save lives. smell anything smoky? Did you bring your jerky in again? Fire! Oh, fire! Oh my goodness! What's the procedure? What do we do, people? Oh, how did that happen? It's out in the hall. No, we don't know that. The smoke could be coming through an air duct. No, no, Michael, no! Touch the handle. If it's hot, there could be a fire in the hallway. What does warm mean? Not a viable option. What next? Don't try. Go to the other door. Oh, here's a door. Check that one out. How's the handle? It's warm. Okay, go to the back well, door. Well, uh, another option. Another option. Jeez. Okay, settle down, everyone. Come on. Leave it, woman. Get out of the way. Go, go, go. No, things can be replaced, Phyllis. People, human lives, however, can. This was hot too. Okay, we're trapped, everyone for himself. Okay, here we go. Let's go. Get out of my way. Okay, okay. Oh, man. 
Have you ever seen a burn victim? Okay, procedure, procedure. Excellent options. Where do we go, folks? Use a what to cover the mouth? A what? A rag, a damp rag, perhaps. Let's remember those procedures. What are the yeah. options? Okay. Oh my God. That's oh my the God. wrong way. We've already tried that. Remember your exit points. Exit Oscar. points, people. What's next? Oscar. Huh? Stay alive. I'm getting help. Pull me up. You're too heavy. I only weigh 82 pounds. Ah. Stay bandit. Ah. How about 911? Anyone? 911. The surge of fear and adrenaline to sharpen your decision making. Okay, I am not dying here. Come on. <laughs> what is that? The fire shooting at us! <laughs> what is going on? Any other fans of The Office out there? Amen. The greatest show ever created on the existence of this planet, I promise you. Netflix recently has canceled it, but it's available on Peacock for even cheaper every month. It is my go-to every single day. Let's go ahead and let's open up in prayer. Father, we just, uh, we come to you this morning. God, we thank you for every gift that you've given us. We thank you for your love, for your mercy, for your generosity. God, we thank you that you are here with us. Father, that you have not left us alone. That you're always in our presence. Father, even when we don't feel like it, even when we get distracted, we know that you are here. And we know that you are speaking to us. Father, we give you today, we give you this message. Father, open our eyes, open our ears to hear. Father, remind us of who you are and call us into something greater. Father, we just love you. We ask all this in the name above all names the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. This video clip that I showed, I've, I've always, always enjoyed it, but in all seriousness, it shows a perfect example. We see Dwight Schrute, who's one of my favorite characters, and he's acknowledging a mistake. He used PowerPoint to try to teach important things and acknowledging that it was boring, that it was stagnant, and that people were kind of half asleep during the whole procedure. And so he comes up with this elaborate idea to really kind of put it in their face and put them in a situation where they're going to actually have to learn. There are many times in our walk in our walk here in this world, the 80 to 100 years, whatever it is that we are blessed with here, 
that God has given us absolutely everything that we need written down in here in this book, but sometimes we go through seasons where it goes in one ear and out the other. Sometimes God allows us to go through different situations to really kind of test our faith, to really kind of expose what's still inside of us that we haven't let go of. This morning, my topic is about increasing our faith. This idea, it comes from the Gospel of Luke. In Luke 17, the disciples are, are following Jesus. They've already spent about two years with Him, any, give or take. They have gone through all these different things. They've seen 31 recorded miracles. 31 out of the 34 recorded miracles, these men that have been following Jesus, they got to truly already experience. Not to mention all the different things that they haven't recorded for us. Because remember in the book of John, it says at the end that if we were to record all the things Jesus said and did, the whole world couldn't contain the amount of books. I for one believe there was much more than just 34 miracles, but we have those miracles recorded for us. These men who had given up their entire lives to follow the promise of the Messiah. Just months before this, they were sent out two by two to what? To proclaim the good news. To proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. They got to even cast out demons and see miracles themselves. God was using these men in such a powerful way. I would even venture to say that all of us in this room collectively, collectively, all of our experience, all the way God has used us, couldn't even scratch the surface to the way God used those men. Two years of following this Jesus... Two years. Think about that. How many of us have been following Jesus for a good ten years or more? Is there a few of us here today? We are blessed with being able to read these words, being able to study these words, being able to be in His presence. But these guys, they got to see something that you and I won't see on this side of eternity. They saw Jesus face to face. They heard the words of life right with their very ears. They got to touch him physically. They got to hold his hand. They got to get embraced by him. A kiss on the cheek, a hug, hearing the words when they needed it, being discipled 24 hours a day. Think about this. Think of that, that moment, that experience that they got. And yet in Luke 17, Jesus is asking them to basically live in relationship with each other and what do these disciples say? Lord, increase our faith. Think about that for a minute, guys. They got to see all of these things, but when Jesus is asking them a little bit more, when he's raising the expectation, when he's talking about that thing that Pastor Mike is always pushing on me, and I absolutely hate, guys, relationship. Anyone else struggle with that? No, just me? Oh, there's a couple. Good. When he's being asked of that, their response is, Lord, increase our faith. I got faith to believe in this miracle. I got faith to believe in these words. But this right here, this thing that you were asking of me, Lord, I need more faith. I got good news for you this morning. Those words, Lord, increase my faith. That desire for God to increase your faith is not a bad desire. It is a good thing. Some of us are really, really good at relationship. Some of us are really good at other things. Some of us struggle in different things. But all of us here this morning and all of us watching online should still have this prayer in our heart. Lord, increase my faith. 
Lord, let me believe in more things. Let me believe that things are yet to come that have been promised to me that I still have yet to receive. Lord, do not let me walk away. Do not let me stumble and fall. Do not, do not let me turn my back. Lord, increase my faith day after day after day. I've only been walking with this Lord for 15 years. 15 years, and I can tell you even this morning, as I'm preparing this message for you, my prayer is still, Lord, increase my faith. The last few days, I've been, I've been struggling with allergies, and it's just been getting bad, uh, but I'm still believing that God is going to allow me to be able to present this message to you, because I believe it is so important. Every time I get behind this pulpit, I remember the words of the Apostle Paul when he talks about his focus in his messages, his focus in ministry. In 1 Corinthians, we, say, we hear him say two things. I preach Jesus Christ and Christ crucified. Those are the two things he remained focused on in every single message, every single church, every single congregation, every single house church that he went to or started. He focused on Jesus Christ and Christ crucified. A few months back, I was talking about the ups and downs in ministry, going through that valley and staying focused on Jesus Christ. A couple months ago when I was preaching, I was preaching about Jesus Christ crucified. Today, I want to dedicate just the few minutes that we have talking about how to have faith in that Jesus. How to have faith even 2,000 years later. I'll be the first one to warn you, those of you who don't know much about me, that's fine, but here's the one thing I need to tell you. I consider myself a faith preacher. I've been a faith preacher for many years. Faith preaching is the one thing that I cannot stop doing. And I'll also be the first person to tell you that many people who have claimed to be a faith preacher and have tried to preach faith, they've used and abused the message beyond recognition. Faith is not money. Faith is not financial prosperity. Faith is not seeing miracles happen every single day. Faith is not calling things out from a higher place, living up in the clouds where you're so heavenly focused that you're no earthly good. Faith is not using and abusing different people. Faith in Jesus Christ is the message today. If you have your Bibles, we are going to be reading from Hebrews chapter 11. This message of faith has been good enough for 81 generations of Christians. Think about that. We probably have three or four generations represented in this room this morning. But 81 generations, 81 generations of men and women just like you and I have embraced this gospel of faith. Hebrews chapter 11. If you don't know much about this, this book, anyone here know who wrote this book? Hebrews? Good, we're being honest. None of us know who wrote this book, the, the book of Hebrews. But here's the purpose of the book. Between 63 and 68 AD, this letter was written to Jewish believers in a time when they absolutely needed more faith. The church at the time was going through all types of difficult situations. Persecution was coming. Suffering was coming. They were wondering, is it much better for me to return to my Jewish beliefs? If I, if I just start to embrace Judaism again, I won't receive the persecution. Maybe it was much better back then. They were starting to get a little stagnant in their faith. And the writer could summarize this entire book right here in one thing. That our covenant... Our promise through Jesus Christ is far superior 
and far more sufficient than anything else. It's, it's from A to Z demonstrating to us the importance and significance of what Jesus accomplished here in this world. And it's reminding us of faith in Jesus. So if you have your Bibles, we are in Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to start in verse 1. This is the definition of faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of the things not seen. Do you know what that means? That means that sometimes God will speak something to your heart. He will speak something deep in your inner core. Something so deep within that you can't begin to explain it. And you know that you know that you know that you know that it's from God. And you hear a voice inside of you just basically screaming at you saying, Hey, this is the truth. This is the way. Choose to walk in it. I've been into a lot of churches in a lot of different countries. And I've always experienced two different types of faith. We have Abrahamic type faith and we have that Thomas type faith. We all know the story of Abraham, correct? He was very old. He couldn't have a, a, a child with his wife. But God spoke, and Abraham believed it. He didn't say, hey, but God, I'm way too old. This is physically impossible. It's not going to happen. He didn't say, hey, but do I need to do this? Do I need to do that? No. God spoke, and Abraham believed it. And it was accredited to him as, begins with an R, righteousness. He spoke, and he believed it. On the other side, we have that Thomas-type faith. We all know Thomas, right? He was a follower of Jesus. He was really strong in the faith. And a lot of people, they give him a bad reputation because of the type of faith that he had. If he, when Jesus died and he rose again, the disciples came to him and said, Hey, Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. I've heard his words. I've seen him. He's alive. And what did Thomas say? No, no, no. If I can't see it, if I can't touch it, I will not believe it. But before you give Thomas a bad reputation, remember that just days prior, when, he was, when Jesus was saying, hey, let's go to Jerusalem, and all the other disciples were saying, no, they'll kill us, they'll kill us, what did Thomas say? He said, let's go there so we can die with him. He was a man of faith. Hebrews 11, let's read this, guys. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of the things not seen. For by it the people of old <coughs> receive commit. Receive commendation by faith. We understand the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made visible or by visible things. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteousness. God commending him by accepting his gifts and through faith he died and still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death and was not found because God had taken him. Now, therefore, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Let's stop there for a minute because the rest of this chapter just starts giving example after example after example. We see men and women, which is a very unique thing for these scriptures. Men and women who had taken steps of faith with God. And it's talking about the faith that they took. And because of that, God considered them righteous. I want you to understand one thing here today. What that scripture just said. It said, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Let that sink in for a minute. I know there are many of us in here this morning. Many of us who desire to please God with our lives. 
We do all types of things attempting to please God. We give to the church. We do acts of service. We pray. We tell other people about the gospel. We do all of these different things in an attempt to please God so he can look at us at the end of time and say, good job, my good and faithful servant. How many people want to hear those words someday? Be embraced by your creator and hear the words, good job. I'm so pleased with you. Good job, my good and faithful servant. Enter into paradise. Enter into the place that I have created for you. But what do the words right here say? Without faith, it is impossible to please him. I don't think you are beginning to grasp the reality of that. You could do everything, absolutely everything in this world to try to please him, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. Why? Why is it impossible? Whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. We have to not only believe that God exists, it's sometimes easier for some of us to sit back and say, yeah, I believe God exists. Look at this world, look at all of the planets, look at all the things that he has done in my life. Yeah, I could believe he exists. Absolutely, it makes sense I believe God exists. But you also have to believe that he will reward those who seek him. Ooh. That takes an inner look at ourselves. To believe that if I seek God, if I give my life to him, if I pursue him daily, he's going to reward me for that? That's a heavy thing to swallow. Sometimes our pride, our even false pride, will sit back and say, ah, no, 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 no. That's impossible. I can serve God. I can be his slave. I can do this. I can do that. But he's going he's gonna to reward me. He's going to call me his friend. That's a big pill to swallow sometimes. I remember growing up constantly battling this idea. I could believe that God exists. I could just be his slave or I could be his servant. I believe those things. I could really embrace that idea. But the idea that he would call me friend someday and that he would reward my life for serving him, that's a whole different ballgame there. A whole different ballgame. This idea of faith Believing that God exists, believing that he will reward you if you seek after him. It's a common theme throughout all of these scriptures. In the book of James, it says what? Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Okay, we got that one, right? We take that step of faith. We say, okay, I'm going to follow Jesus. And what does God do? He takes another step closer to us. It's that pattern of life that we see. Ups and downs, ups and downs. This walk of Christianity. If anyone here has ever told you that this walk of faith and being a man or a woman of faith is going to be easy, I hate to tell you you're wrong. You're going to find yourself in a situation where panic sets in. The emergency respondedness is going to be tested. I've had that happen on such a consistent basis, I almost just embrace it these days. Just embrace it because I know that something good's going to happen. 
One of the times that my, my the, theological faith was tested was when I was in the nation of Kenya. And right before this, I was just coming out of Bible college, and I was like this, yeah, I want to be a faith preacher. I want to preach faith in Jesus Christ. I want to be so, so sold out for Jesus. I was just, just had this, this passion, this desire to do anything, absolutely anything, so that someone somewhere could hear the gospel message. I remember I was, I was being called by God to start my own ministry at the time because, you know, let's face it, I was an absolute nobody. I was just about three years out of coming from, from Teen Challenge. For those of you who didn't know, I graduated Teen Challenge back in the day. I was one of those guys. I had no positive history. Nobody had any faith in anything that I could accomplish or do, and for very good reason, right? And God was calling me to start a ministry to go to foreign countries and start preaching the gospel, and I had nothing. I remember in Bible college, there was all these people, they were basically prodigies. They were people that would, they came from different families of pastors, and they just had their whole lives outlined for them. They were going to graduate, and then they were going to go work at their dad's church, and then they were going to eventually take it over, or, or something like that. And I was sitting there thinking, man, I'm, I'm the oddball here. I got nothing. No connections to any churches, no nothing. But I knew that I knew that I knew that God was speaking to me, saying, hey, Go start this. Go learn how to lay your life down. And just trust that I'll be there with you. He never made a promise that I would get a ton of money or that I would get this or get that. He just said, hey, I'll be there with you. And I would learn faith with him. And so I did what any, any person would do at that time. I, well, maybe not any person. I was crazy. I, I sold my car. I sold whatever possessions I had. And I became homeless. Preaching out of a backpack. One of those ones that I got from a previous mission trip. One of those hiking bags. And I remember I was, I was calling some of my friends and menis- that, I, that I graduated with. And I was telling them, hey, this, this is what I'm going to be doing. This is what I believe God is calling me to. And they just, they were like, oh, that, that's, that, that sounds fun. You know, good for you. I called up, called up my family and I called up my mom. And my mom, she was like, are you back on drugs, Chris? What's going on? You know, and it, it, wasn't a, it was a shameful thing for someone to be a, a minister it wasn't some positive thing where everyone says, yeah, good job, you're great, you're going to do awesome things. It was, yeah, let's see how fast it takes for you, to, for you to crash and burn. In the moment of being homeless, living in, a, in one of my friends' garage, preaching Jesus every moment that I could, God taught me faith. He provided for my every meal. He was able to use the very little money I had from selling the car to get different plane tickets. And I remember we went to Brazil, we went to Pakistan, and then I went to Kenya. And that was one of the very most devastating moments for me. I was there with a pastor that I had never met, but we sent all the the leftover money that we had to be able to spend two months there. Two months that it would provide us housing there, you know, in a very poor community. Two months of being able to live off of food. They had different churches lined up for us to be able to teach in. We spent every penny we had. And when I say we, I brought my best friend at the time with me who was not a believer. But he said, hey, I believe that you believe in this God. And I'm willing to come follow you to go see if it's real. I'm like, okay, you you can carry the camera and just listen. And we did that. We, got, we went there, and from day one, it just seemed like it was disaster after disaster. 
Nothing was how we expected it, but we went there with the heart that we wanted to teach. We wanted to see God move. I wanted so much for him to see genuine Christianity that he would really embrace the gospel. And after a couple days of staying with this pastor, that's when everything went bad. I noticed in one of the church services that he was faking miracles. And no one in the congregation knew it, but I saw it. I saw it and I got pierced right in my heart. And I knew that I knew that I knew that that's not the type of situation I ever wanted to be in or condone. And right there I was faced with the decision, do I stay with him the rest of these two months? Or do I go be homeless with this other guy that I brought with me in the nation of Kenya for another two months? Keep in mind, we had no money left. We used everything that we had right there. I made the decision to walk away from it. I didn't want to make a scene or anything like that. I just told him, hey man, I can't be a part of this. I don't want anything to do with this. I'm leaving. You tell your congregation whatever you want. I'm out of here. And I walk away, and Jason and I, we are down there in, in Eldoret, Kenya. Anyone here been to Kenya? Eldoret's not a very beautiful part of it. Our plan was to, was to get on a bus and go to Nairobi. We used the last $60 that we had. And we were going to go back to, to Nairobi so we could basically beg the airlines to let us just go, return home with our tail between our legs. And that was our plan. But we got down on our knees and we just started praying. We're saying, hey, God, I don't want this to be a failure. I don't want this just to, to ruin this man's faith that he was developing. God, I need you to do something. And in that bus, a couple hours later, someone handed us a cell phone. And I had no idea who it was. Keep in mind, this was, you know, a good seven or eight years ago, whatever it was. And uh, picked up the phone, and the man's like, hey, my name is Thomas. And I'm like, Thomas? I don't know any Thomas. He's like, hey, you, you don't know me. I live over here in Mombasa. I got a very small congregation of people in my house. I heard what that pastor did to you. I heard that you did not stay with him. Please, will you come with us? Will you, will you come stay with us? I'm like... Thomas, I, I don't know you, and I appreciate the phone call, but I got nothing left. I have nothing to give you. I got no money to be able to provide the food. I got no money for this. How could I possibly do anything? He said, hey, no, no, no problem at all. Just get off of the bus. I'll come, get, I'll come pick you up. And we did. We got off the bus, and, and Thomas, he picked us up. We spent the remainder of those two months in his home. And the conditions, you know, were... We're very poor, okay? I got, I got anthrax and I got malaria and it was a real fun time, amen? But the only thing he wanted from me was we would open up the Bible each day and he would say, hey, what does this mean right here? Hey, let's read this together. And we started getting more and more people in this area. And in, in, in Mombasa, it's about 97% Muslim. It's very difficult for the Christians there. And the whole time, God was just moving in the worst situations possible. We made a congregation made out of poles and different garbage sacks we tied together to block the shade in a rented area. It was dirty, it was disgusting, but God moved in powerful ways. And he taught me faith, faith, faith each and every day. God doesn't have to give you beautiful situations for faith to come. God doesn't have to go fix your car or give you a brand new car or give you a big promotion in your job for you to be able to have faith. He can use it every single day in various situations. 
The one thing he is doing is he is calling every single person in this room this morning to increase their faith. You might have had enough faith for God to do this, but you got another challenge coming in front of you in the next few days. You have to have enough faith to be able to get past it. I got a challenge coming here in a couple days. It's a blessing challenge, though. Here in about two days, my wife is going to give birth to our third child, one that we weren't expecting. It's a blessing. It's an absolute blessing, but still, let's be honest, guys. It's a challenge to our faith, staying up all hours of the day and everything. Faith will carry us through. Faith is the glue that holds all the pages of this book together. Faith is the gravitational pull that brings us down on our knees, pointing to the cross of Christ, believing that he is more than sufficient. The book of Hebrews at the very end, let's start here in 39, I love this. After he gets done talking about person after person after person, and all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised. Since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. It's connecting the Old Testament to the New Testament with this one promise, this promise of Jesus Christ. It's what connects all of the thousands of years of people believing in our Creator God. It's what connects us together. It's the very thing that connects every single person in this church today. And in Hebrews 12, we see this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight of sin which clings so closely. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, for who the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of God. It uses the word therefore. It's pointing to all the people that it previously mentioned. Moses, Noah, Abraham, all the forefathers, all those people that have really built our faith. It's pointing back and it's saying, hey, therefore, because of all of those people, because of all of those people who have really lived a life of faith, now you take off anything that hinders you. Lay aside any weight of sin and look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of your faith, and run your race. Notice very carefully, it has an action word. It's saying, hey, your part in this is to remove that stuff from your life. It doesn't say, hey, just sit down and, and say, oh, Lord, I'm just waiting for you to take away this. Lord, move this, and then I'm going to do this. No, it says, hey, you right there, this right here is hindering your walk of faith. This right here is stopping you from getting to that next level with Jesus Christ. Get it out of your life. Anything pulling you down, anything stopping you, anything slowing your race, take it off. Lay it aside. Throw it away. And look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of your faith. In this walk, it's going to be ups and downs. Ups and downs. Struggles, pain, times of pain, times of joy. Times when you're going to be, wow, God, you did something awesome. Times when you're going to be like, wow, God, I don't know if I could do this. But faith, faith, faith. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of the things unseen. Multiple times in scriptures, it says that the righteous will live by faith. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of the things not seen. There's power in holy, righteous conviction. 
I know that there are many of us here right now that you know that you know that you know there are different things slowing you down. Different things that you have in your pockets right now that you're not willing to let go of. Different thoughts, different memories, different dreams, different aspirations that you have in your life that are slowing you down from this walk of faith. Get rid of it. Gently lay it aside or throw it away, burn it, whatever it is. Take a step of faith with Jesus. And if you don't have enough strength to do it, if you don't have enough energy to do it, enough faith to do it, what do we say, church? Lord, increase our faith. Every day in your prayer closet, Lord, increase my faith. Lord, I know you're calling me to do this. Lord, increase my faith. We only get one shot at this. One shot on this side of eternity. One shot. And you're going to look at your Creator and you're going to see Him face to face. And it's going to be the great and terrible day of the Lord. It's going to be so great because you're going to see Him in His majesty and His beauty. And it's going to be terrible because you're going to be looking at yourself and you're going to see all the ways that you fell short compared to His glory. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be painful. But guess what? Those of us who are in Christ, we are going to hear Him say, well done. Good job. You're mine. I've loved you. I've carried you through all of this. I did this to show you who I am. I did this because I care about you. I did this because I love you. Well done. Enter into paradise with me. If we just stand to our feet real quick, we're going to be closing here. Father, we just, we thank you for today. God, I thank you for every person in this room. I thank you for the situations, the good and the bad that you have been bringing them through. Father, throughout all of our history, you have carried us. You've revealed yourself to us. Father, there are things coming up in our future and things that we are going through right now. Father, the cry of our heart is increase our faith. Not just an intellectual thing, not just a, a feeling. Increase our faith. Give us the boldness to enter into your covenant that you've made with us. Give us the boldness to remember that you will reward us for seeking after you. Every moment of every day. God, we thank you for what you've done on the cross. Continue to do your work in us, Father. Increase our faith. You've just listened to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. With your host, Pastor Chris Busher. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast was recorded live in studio with final editing made before uploading. Subscribe today to Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast on iTunes or Google Play. For more fantastic daily content, visit Pastor Chris Busher online via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Don't miss the next episode on Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast.